We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip, you won't be sorry. Go to Eric's Family BBQ. BBQ.com for more information. This man needs medical attention. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Ah, it's, uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. Silence the voice. A beautiful thing. One more day of silence the voice. And then we find out uh, what our friends at Weapon of Pride have put together for our theme song. Thank you, silence the voice, for a great year. One more time. Uh, Brett's going out this morning to Black Rock Coffee Bar, Power Road and Ray Road. That's East Valley stuff. And uh, all you got to do is right now just go into that uh, pantry of yours, find 10 cans of food that you're like, I didn't even know we had this. Non-expired, though, please. What are Negro's frijoles? Why did we buy these? (laughs) Uh, uh, It's Operation Santa Claus. You get 10 of these cans. And, yeah, if they're expired, probably shouldn't bring them. Or... Get some work done right now with a little magic erase. I'm not checking the dates, but... Who's checking the dates? No. I've never known canned food could expire. I always thought you could keep it forever. It's in every bomb shelter. But you're right. If it's got an expiration yeah. date on it, don't be a dick. Yeah. Basically, it. Operation Santa Claus will take these 10 cans right there at Black Rock Coffee Bar, and everyone who donates is going to get entered to win a new Sanderson Ford or Sanderson Lincoln, and Black Rock Coffee Bar uh, Classic Drip, drip <laughs> will be available for 98 cents uh, when you go there this morning because Black Rocket. Or Black Rock Coffee Bar has their thing that says fuel your story. Yeah. So go do it. And if you can't bring any cans, we will accept cash too, and then you will still be entered into the, uh, to the drawing right. for a car. Glorious. So there you go. Head on out to Power Road and Ray Road out in Mesa, Black Rock Coffee Bar, and you're going to have Ghost and Volbeat stuff. Uh, just blow out all the stuff we've got from this year that's going away. Get rid of it. All right. Mark Rand, we don't have a promotions department anymore. He's leaving. So open the door, get in there, and take what you want, man. Anything. I, uh, and it is the Christmas season, so be giving as much as you can. Take from Randall's office and give it all out. And also, uh, folks, it's a, it's a nice thing for you to bring those cans down there, let alone you, you know, the kindness and uh, you know, philanthropic ways that you find by doing that. You could win a car. So I like yeah. that we're motivated to do charity by giving away a car. Bring me the cans. That's the yeah. Show me your cans, and maybe I'll, I'll let you have my car. If they're good enough cans, you'll get a car. Ford and Lincoln, Sanderson Ford, Operation Santa Claus is a great thing. These guys have been doing it for a long time, so it's pretty awesome. It's Christmas season. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to give back. Yep. Christmas is uh, all – last night, in fact, I watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which is a Christmas tradition. You, you, you pulled the trigger last night because you usually watch it. Well, I've seen it. You know, I've watched it in the past, and I didn't realize until last night that I haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life for years. Uninterrupted. Straight Not even through. uninterrupted. I've just had it on. Yeah. I've never watched it all the way through. I mean, I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it, but I've never sat down and watched I it. I wrote a new review of It's a Wonderful Life. After having sitting, sitting back and actually watching it, my new review of It's a Wonderful Life is this. George Bailey is an arrogant, self-important egomaniac living in an idyllic Bedford Falls town. After a little bad luck, he has suicidal thoughts, which is common in most bipolar narcissists. But after a wild and incredibly selfish fever dream... He convinces himself that without his existence and guidance, everyone residing in the town would be helpless and miserable. It's, it's the single most uh, – like if you look at it from 2021 standards, which we do with everything now, George Bailey has delusions. He's schizophrenic, probably bipolar, suffers from depression in a massive way. He's all over the road with his family, mentally and physically. Uh, he's abusive to them. 
uh, he's he that scene where he yells at everybody and then tells her, oh, "You just just keep playing." Look, I'm sorry, I yelled, and he's mad about that he yelled, and he just and then he just loses it, and instead of being an adult and confronting the problem, he leaves. Uh, one problem in his life, and he's going to, ju- I'll, I'll just kill myself. And he doesn't kill himself. And then he has this weird delusional thing uh, where he imagines an angel come and tell him and shows him what the city would be like without him in it. And it would be horrible. He's con- he convinces himself and only himself that without his mere existence, everyone in his life would be poor or a hooker or, uh, you know, corrupt, it would have all been bad because of him. go his. to hell in a handbag. That's right, all because of him. And, and it's also, and the, whole, the whole message of the thing is, is how important you are. But really, it's a 2021 movie about the arrogance and, like, all this Instagram, look how important, look at me, look at me. It's a Wonderful Life is all about, I'm the most important thing that's ever happened. Without me, everything falls apart. It's a terrible message. Send that a, review to my mom. It's her favorite all-time I know. Christmas movie. It's a great... Everybody thinks it and is. What happens at the end, John? What happens at the end? What? The yeah. angel gets its wings? Clarence? And Which, by the way, it takes way too long. Comes around and... Wait, he doesn't come around. After his fever dream of narcissism, he runs home and is like, aren't you all so lucky to have me? And then everybody shows up and gives him money. It is Instagram. Because, uh, you know, whoever lost the money... Uh, it's, what was yeah, his, his name? drunk uncle yeah, Billy. Billy, dumb Billy. I don't know what I did with it, George. <laughs> Get off your damn guy! He's shaking him. What you do with it, you old fool? And then he runs out, begs Potter for cash. Potter's the only, like, if you look at it from a different perspective, Potter's the only reasonable, logical man in the entire movie. George Bailey, you can't just go around handing money to people without paperwork. He and he's warned right. him. He warned, he warned him. him. You're gonna lose. You're, you're dealing in cash, dummy. Eventually, that's going to backfire on George Bailey, and I'll have everything. And he was right. The movie is wildly flawed from a 2021 perspective of it. He is an Instagram influencer who's so full of himself that when somebody finally takes all the filters off his life, he can't take it. And then he has to close his eyes and convince himself, no, I am really important. I'm amazing. I'm incredible. Instagram says so. You matter, John. You matter. <laughs> no, you don't. Not to that point. Like, you can't have that delusion in your head that George Bailey has, that without you, your mother is a boarding house whore. That movie's a disaster. It's a disaster. So after watching it. Did Hilarious. You, did you like it? Or did you- oh, no. I watched it again, and I'm like, wow. Well, first off, the first hour's way too long of setting up the whole situation. And he's mean to Mary. In the beginning, he's just flat mean to her. He yeah. basically says, go bang Wainwright. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I never liked you. You're just, <laughs> Imagine if they retooled yeah, that movie. They don't have to. It fits in today's society of Instagram people saying, wow, I am pretty amazed. Without me, everything caves in. The least healthy mental state you can be in is to think that without you, everything falls apart. You have to be realistic in your life. Now, are you an important thing? Sure. But not in George Bailey's, like, close your eyes and things got bad and then imagine this. This is what you'd be like if you were never born. I'm going to watch it The whole town is in, only because George didn't exist. And the only person seeing this is George himself. Everybody's fighting. Every club is a, every, every, every building in Bedford Falls is a bar or a slutty dance hall because George Bailey wasn't there. It's a fever dream of narcissism. Unlike anything until we saw social media show up and all these filtered people that show you their fake lives and assume that without that, you know, I'm the most important thing. It's, it's, and that just, you know, it actually gave me hope in a different way to say, oh, things have never been different. We always go, this generation's so proud of itself and is all narcissistic and thinks they're so beautiful and important. So did George Bailey's generation. They had it drilled into their heads that without you... Everyone around you wouldn't function. The message will never change. The uh, Growing up and saying, look, you are an important person. Absolutely. You are. You know, that'll always be taught But Brady, if you believe it too much, you'll believe that you're so important that everyone around you suffers without it. We've had additional tools to uh, to speed the process. Clearly we haven't because George Bailey had the exact same opinion and it was a wildly popular thought back in 1946. 
yeah. we've all believed, or kind of deep down want to believe, without me, Brady's poor, your, your family is d- destitute, yeah. uh, Brett wouldn't have a job, this building would have caved in. If I, simply if I wasn't here, I'd go and see my mom and she'd be in a shack, like uh, turning tricks for cash. Like that's well, yeah. But if everybody's important, if the true message, then they'll be fine without you. So it doesn't make any why, sense. But that's why it was such a good movie. Tell me why. Well, because if they didn't tell the story that way, sure, it'd been boring. It, oh, it, well, no, no, it depends on right. Uh, I mean, been, you had to take it to the movies. In other words, right. you're saying Here's I think it's a character. wildly overrated movie. I think it's a well, wildly so much overrated. so that I mean, it's also that's what I was curious about is for, because it's dated. The one thing but is I like when I movies. see it, I do sometimes, but it's hard. You really got to, I got to find time like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch yeah. this. Well, that's true of all of them. I see. I, I, I prefer a movie that tries to tell a story, but I never watched it from that perspective before, which is what an arrogant pile of garbage George Bailey is yeah. <laughs> to believe that he's the only, nobody else could function if he didn't live. No one else would have picked up the ball in their own lives and said, I need to make something of myself just because George didn't exist. The whole city, an entire town But people do that to themselves in general as far as looking at, I think they're trying to, the director's trying to say, look what happened if you didn't do this stuff. You know, whether or not the town would fall apart. That's the movie. Just because you're out of the mix doesn't mean you affect people. You do affect people. Of course. Yeah. But there's, if you're trying to argue the fact that George No, I'm not. I'm just saying. The deal is you affect people. But they're capable human beings. And sometimes you don't realize how much you affect Sure, people. but they're still capable. And Absolutely. without you, if you had you never been born, yeah. it's not Sodom and Gomorrah just because you didn't show up. The whole thing goes to hell his in brother dies in a. His brother dies in a... Remember, he pulls his brother Harry out of that ice thing when they're kids, saves his life, and then he goes on to uh, save an entire caravan in World War II and become Congressional Medal of yeah. Honor winner and all that. And then in the fever dream, he goes to a cemetery, which was... His plot of land for Baileytown, which was just the most amazing group of houses of all time. And there's his brother because now it's a cemetery. And his brother died. And Clarence is like, he died because you weren't there to save him. No one else on the planet would have been there for, for Harry. It was the only thing. He still played in the ice. All the stuff still unfolded the exact same way. George wasn't there to save him, so he drowned. Nobody knew what to do. Hilarious. And the, the reason why it resonates with people, the movie... It's what the opposite of uh, well, because if you don't watch it from a realistic point of view, yeah, it's the uh, it's this uh, down, you know, it's the had it all, lost it all, got it all back. What's really redemption important? in a way, uh, kind of, but it's the what's really important is you have friends. It doesn't matter, you know. The, I think even Clarence signs his book and says that thing about you know, man is never poor or empty with him if he has friends. So it's basically, yeah, but basically. All those people are worthless yeah. unless George Bailey is their friend. Terrible message. One of the worst messages of all time. Glenn Beck is wrong. It's, the movie teaches you that without you, everyone dies. And that is an incorrect way to live your life. Well, now his Christmas sweater story. I can't remember exactly <laughs> it's terrible. what it's about. But. Glenn Beck's a mess. So let's not go on his review. But yeah, watching it. And then watching it just from a movie perspective, the first hour, it takes way too long for George to get to that bridge and meet Clarence the Angel anyway. It's about an hour of just, okay, let's go, folks. I get it. Potter's an asshole. George is trying his best to save the town. And I love Jimmy Stewart. Love him. But I'd never watched it, like sat down and watched him. Like, something's wrong with that guy. In today's world, they'd put him away and should have. Jimmy Stewart kind of bothered me um, in a lot of his movies because it's just the overacting and his, uh, I guess his delivery, his voice in a way. Yeah, he's always dramatic. It yeah, it's it's he's I mean, he's, well, I I, I, like, I, I, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Like even back then, his just this little stuff when he's leaning on walls. Even in the movie when he, does, he you know, uh, the one guy leaves and where's my hat and it's on his head and he takes it off and he just kind of gives it back to him. It's this smooth. Yes, he he's good smooth. delivery. Oh, Jimmy's the yeah. best. He's in my favorite movie of all time, which is Rear Window. And you watch him in that. He's just he's incredible. I got two people who was like, what an asshole. I'd never seen it from that perspective, but you couldn't be more right. You've ruined another holiday tradition. <laughs> uh, so seeing it from that side of the table, yeah, George is a self-centered snowflake. He'd fit right in today. What an asshole. That's exactly what it is. It is wild. It's the narcissistic. He's, That's he's, why I want a, a, And he's bipolar. 
When things are good, he's fine. And then he goes into these massive depressions when the first bit of adversity hits him. He abuses his family and he runs away to kill himself. That's bipolar one. That's like the definition of it. George Bailey needs medicine. That's it. He was given up. Yeah. Given up because of one thing. It would just be better if I wasn't even alive. (laughs) And he beats his kid and then he leaves the house. And nobody can trust that. He's never nice to marry. Who's just there to help. Always questioning everything. Always all over the map. Highs and lows. These peaks and valleys of of behavior. He's a a bipolar nightmare. (laughs) Massive depression and a huge amount of narcissistic uh, arrogance and egotistical crazy delusions. He has delusions that angels are sent to save him and only him. And I think you're missing the the major point is no matter what happens, all this stuff that happens, what's the one thing that fixes it? Huh? Christmas. It, Christmas it's didn't fix it. It wasn't even about Christmas. The movie's not even about Christmas. It's about money. come together and pull it together. <laughs> not for Christmas. They come together and pull it together to save their own I, asses. So they can have Christmas. No. To, so they can keep their homes. That's basically it. Because George gave money to them. The whole movie's about capitalism. That's oh, all yeah. the movie's about. They just have a Christmas tree. It's not a Christmas movie. Just set around Christmas. It's the same thing. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? He was flipping houses, got a little overextended. <laughs> it's today. Yeah. He got in it. And he wanted to keep it small and keep it in his own thing. The major, you know, big business comes rolling in. Zillow comes popping in going, hey, we can take care of your business for you, Bailey. Oh, we'll never sell to a big one. We've got to keep it cash. And look at what that does. Here, Billy, keep it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a bad message, and I don't think kids should see it anymore. It's the same thing as Rudolph. Rudolph's the worst thing in the world. Shun anybody different than you until their uh, deficiencies are useful. We need them. If anyone's different than you, misfits are kept far away. Unless, of course, you know, you can abuse their their superpower. Which at one point is like, you know, if you want our word strength, get an R word. Yeah, our Christmas stuff's all flawed. It's a mess. But I was watching it last night. And I'm like, this movie's not, not good at all. It's just terrible. To put it in the modern. Yeah, well, it's not even in the modern. If you looked at it from just the general message, call your mom and see what she thinks. That's the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. Uh, Daniel is the bad guy. The entire movie. Daniel is the bad guy. The, the kid he's mad at is trying to straighten his life out, and Daniel keeps doing stuff to piss him off. This is a guy who's got some trouble, and he's like, "Look, I'm just trying to go on the straight and narrow here." That's it. I joined a, a, a dojo right. for a little discipline in my life. He's a loner. And this guy keeps picking fights with me. He, he steals his stereo. Now, and there's one time when Johnny well, loses a, it. You know, a, He's the bad he guy. He thought it was you know, a little, obviously, misinterpretation. On the beach, he thought he was hit, hitting on his girl. He was. And then when he found out, with her. this is my girlfriend, Daniel didn't stop. He kept going. Then he goes in disguise as a shower. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I saw that whole... Daniel's a dick. Bully. And at, the end, bully. and at the end, what does he win with? An illegal head kick. The referee missed the call. <laughs> Cobra Kai won that. He did get the leg swept, but you're right. Well, that, was not, he, that was not Johnny. He wrecked Johnny. Yeah, destroyed Johnny. And Johnny, Johnny at the end, what did he do? Well, he was a great sport. Took an illegal kick to the face, didn't pitch to the refs. Went over and said, great, great match, Daniel. Great job. Johnny's the hero in karate. They should have been best friends. There's movies about it. Cobra Kai is based on that idea, is that he was the dick. It's great stuff. I don't know why they didn't bring Johnny back in the second one, because then I said, you know, he left Cobra Kai. I remember seeing Karate Kid 2. See, and that's the fact. Like, George Bailey, like, looking at Toledo and stuff, like, if Toledo's angel said, here's what your life would be like if you were never born, come on. The city's not going to fall apart. <laughs> We're going to be fine. And same with everybody else. It's the worst message in the world. Live your life. Be nice because you don't need to be here is a better message than you're so goddamn important that without you, your mom's a hooker. I mean, it's the, it is the much better message to say if you were never born, the world would go on just fine. Imagine if I wasn't here. <laughs> right. It's 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 Instagram of movies. It's a wonderful life. It should be called George Bailey had a wonderful life because everybody else's life was horrible. And just hanging, hanging 
on the on the thread of George Bailey's narcissistic depression that God forbid he does anything stupid because I have my life's only good because of him. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Merry Christmas, movie house! Oh, here comes that lunatic again. And that guy's full of himself. He thinks angels talk to him. He's Joel Osteen. It'd be great to do a follow-up movie. Two months later, back at it again. Yeah, he's down. Bad he's in another down. <laughs> he's having another yeah. bipolar depression moment, <laughs> standing on the bridge. I'm going to do it again. God damn it! Now I just want to see some movie fan come up to George Bailey. You know you're a piece of right. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know you're a piece, of, right, George Bailey? <laughs> you're a piece of. That guy called me a name. I'm heading to the bridge. He's depressed. Bipolar, he's got narcissism. The only thing that saved him was some delusional angel fever dream. It's a terrible movie. Terrible, I tell you. And I love Jimmy Stewart. Man. Donna Reed looks good, I'll tell you that. For 1946. And that's one thing. One message from It's a Wonderful Life that needs to come back. As Donna Reed, no matter what time of day it was at her house, looks like she's going to the prom. Yep. And that's something Lawless. that America has lost. I see too many women in sweatpants and big shirts feeling like that's going out close. And you watch those old movies, you're like, man, our grandparents sweatpants, had that. Was, when your man yeah, comes home. Cold. Guys, too. Yeah, and they didn't have anything to do. Even even Donna Reed's mom's like, oh, wait, Harry Wainwright's about to call you on the phone. You have to get dressed up for a phone call. He's calling all the way from New York. Don't leave him waiting. Phone's just ringing. You're not even sure it's Wainwright yet. Don't leave him waiting. Get him. Put put on your best clothes and go answer that phone. And two ladies, I'm not going to bash just you on that hole. We've quit on how we look. Looking at the guys in that movie, too. It was suits, ties, and hats every day. Which here would be just miserable. Three of them on rotation. Yeah. And my grandpa had two suits. Boom, boom. Back and forth they went. That's and then some you casual go, you clothes. Go to those, you know, an older house and see the amount of the clo- the closet space. Size of a TV. And the worst part about it is my grandpa's lounging clothes still included a belt. Like what? Stu- oh, yeah. he had It was slacks. Like he had his – and he wasn't like a wealthy guy who was putting on airs or anything. That's just how he dressed. If you went to my – Casual slacks. You went to my – on a Saturday afternoon, it was slacks, a belt, and a T-shirt. That was – oof, man. We All right. Nobody can see me like this. I guess you're right. And then real quick, you could just button up a shirt and we're ready to go. Even the brief memories I have of my – "Quote unquote grandfather who was just some guy, some just drifter, some, just a some drifter dude in town. Bought my mom, so yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> did you say yeah, the guy that bought your mom? <laughs> they, they did. That's, that's what fact. happened. That's, that's the what truth. <laughs> Go on. Um, seeing him, he he didn't have loungewear. No, baskets from a basket. <laughs> that's all he said. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa, my other grandpa, just wore the same green pants because he was a farmer, belt and matching green shirt. And I don't remember My him Uncle in Vic anything had green else. Pants all I, the time. I, 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 there, there was a white kind of almost, I guess it was a pinstripe short sleeve button up that he wore, and black slacks. Those were the going out clothes. Hmm. But otherwise, around the house, those green pants, that green shirt, and the belt. Sundays were. And for he smelled sweaters. like angels all the time. That man could work all day. He like? sweat the purest, sweetest smell any man has ever sweat. He had it was almost known in the city of Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania that when Alvar like was around like when he was around, he had a natural musk that was that was, you could you'd sell candles of my my dead grandpa. Not now, but like then when he was alive. Like that now he's still you know he's human, he decomposes and he stinks. If you dug him up it would be awful. But his natural odor was floral. He'd work in that barn all day and come in. Whew, Wipe his sweat away with his one good hand, thanks to polio. And he'd be like, that man sweats roses. He smells amazing. He never stunk. And he knew that if he was never born, Isabel and the gang would have been just fine. It's fact. Brady, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. I know you hate this. If you were never born, I'd have still been a massive success. John, you've opened my eyes. 
No offense, Brady, but without you, yeah. I'd have been fine. Maybe still here. Here's the other thing. Maybe better. You might be my anchor. I don't Hold even you back. know. Who knows? I might be yours. We don't know. This is what we know. We can yeah, only that on you. You, you are my anchor. On. I guarantee you everybody it. I know, on. I know for a fact. Bastards from a basket. I know for a fact I could have gone further. One for the bastard in a basket. Although those stories you tell. No, I don't. You know, look, we don't know. You don't know. You're right. I'd surrounded myself with this. This is all, yeah. I, can, this is all I can You're the know. one who brought it on. Right. John, you've opened my eyes this morning. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger, Reindeer is horrible. Horrible. It is like hating ba- hating black people in your neighborhood until yep. you realize you're one man short in your pickup yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. If you, you've got money riding on a game, you finally go and knock on Winston's door. I wasn't going to say anything to you, but a uh, couple grand going on, and they've got a couple of ringers. So I was thinking maybe. It's a fact. You've never talked to me before. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's racism. It's bigotry. The whole thing is based on shunning people based on how they look until they become necessary to you. The big neighborhood foot race to see who holds the deeds in the house. Oh my God, we got to get Winston in on this. <laughs> Jesus, imagine John. If not for the morning sickness, Brady would be a costume character at Magic Mountain. Possibly, Brett would be scamming auto warranty insurance. <laughs> Toledo would be depressed, ball cap tester, and John, you'd be wiping the mystic table of your psychic sister. Oh God, no! I would be, um, I'd be an ornament on a on a rafter in a house. I'd be dangling. Uh, This is a great quote, John. You're right. The world will not miss you if you're gone. If you don't believe me, try it. Signed, Toledo's dad. Yep. (laughs) If you're not there, Brady didn't like this conversation. I can see it in his face. You're important, but really, seriously, you're not that important. We have too much importance that we put on ourselves. Well, this, those are the people that end up yeah. uh, that bother a lot of people. Try, movies like that. They're like, ah, this guy thinks he's so important. Well, that's what I'm telling you, yeah. Brady. That's it. Hasn't bothered anybody. I've never heard this conversation before until I watched last night with the new eye on it. I hadn't really watched it. It's always just been in the background. It's always been just a thing. Oh, it's a wonderful life. That's a great tradition. And then you watch it. Like, this is terrible. Is a terrible message. Pretty darn funny, though. They'll redo it, starting the rock. Man, people cry at that. Moment. What is this? The Humbert's Morning Sickness Book Club? Let's go. Fart jokes. <laughs> Look, right now, you're being the delusional George Bailey because you don't like that it's I'm ruining a classic. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. ruining your yeah, you're, world. You're, I'm, I'm wrecking your perspective. Like when I told you that the offspring sounds just like Weird Al Yankovic, and the Volbeat sounds like Cher. A lot of people can't listen Disturbed to the same sounds like Journey. Disturbed. You ruin them all. <laughs> That's exactly it. You start going, holy crap, damn it, and then you don't hear it different. You're going to watch It's a Wonderful Life without thinking the word bipolar. Just, just plug in the word bipolar right as you're watching it. Do a little research on what bipolar disorder is or depression or clinical depression, and then watch that and go, this poor George Bailey has problems. And all you need is a bunch of friends handing you cash. John, there's more to this, but I know for a fact, if I wasn't born, my mom would be turning tricks for cash. (laughs) It's a different story, of course, but uh, the same message. But that's because your mom probably turned tricks for cash, (laughs) then had you and had to straighten up. It's not because you made her better. Right. It's because she couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) Because you derailed her. Because you wrecked her lifestyle. You ruined your mom. She might have been happier. Three kids being a whore. <laughs> Without me, my mom runs a boarding house and can't do her hair anymore. That was the best part. He goes and knocks up. Mom, it's me. Who are you calling ma? And she's got her hair all pulled back and she's disheveled. She can't do her hair anymore because George Bailey's not there. It's a it's a terrible message. We need a Christmas we movie. Really. You think Bunny? I wonder what your mom would say. You want to debate an old lady about (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life for Christmas. Let's do it. Later this morning, we'll call Brady's mom, and I'll give her my new perspective on that. I bet your mom, she's open enough to go, it's a wonderful film. Like, is it, or is it a wonderful tradition? Is it a memory for you that you're like, I'm going to look at this through rose-colored glasses because it represents your world? Yep. But when you watch it as a movie, and, I'm, and, and the reason I kind of did what I did, I didn't say this part, is because I'm like, does this still resonate with people who haven't seen it? With brains used today and the knowledge we have today that we didn't back then, does anybody, because, you know, we talked to that, uh, who was it, the guy that said the kids, or my buddy Rich, like the kids looked at Star Wars and Rudolph oh, specials totally. and all that, and are like, this is garbage. Like that dude, I wonder if like people in their 20s were like, here's a, It's a Wonderful Life, they'd be like, 
this guy needs like he's depressed and he's got bipolar disorder and he's like they know different things that they didn't back then that they wouldn't know to diagnose George with something he just he was just the town loudmouth you don't like this no it might it <laughs> i mean obviously it would resonate different if it's if a person if you're looking at it at that perspective saying oh this yeah. guy's got mental problems he does he starts imagining people whereas i mean uh, generally people are watching and it's like oh no he's just going through a tough time have you ever seen the movie harvey with Jim, jimmy stewart Harvey's phenomenal. I know of the movie. Harvey's amazing. And it's about mental health. If you watch today, back then, it's a hilarious comedy about well, a guy who imagines a six-foot yeah. rabbit yeah. as his friend. And he drinks a little bit. and He's got some stuff going on. And uh, it's, the, you know, the, it's not even like you've got a problem. It's like, how do we get you through your life with this imaginary friend? It's okay to have him. Like, nobody's looking at him like, Harvey's a bad idea. <laughs> like, uh, Harvey helps him. It's it's loony bin stuff. Because on the other side of it, I think they look at it like, well, we got to help him get through this. If Nobody, not, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna kill himself. Right. If we pull back to. But back then, you had a guy who imagined a six foot rabbit as his best friend, and we were like, oh, that's you know, look at this. This guy's got some stuff going on, and he'll be okay. Now you got everybody on a street corner that thinks the exact same thing, and just roll your windows up. <laughs> oh, he's got a rabbit. A Harvey believer. Harvey's a great man. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when you start looking at things differently. A little different perspective on stuff. Watch It's a Wonderful Life without the Americana behind it. Watch it as a movie and think, wow, I'm not so sure this is a good idea. Nobody's this important. And you're not. You're an important person. But we'll be fine without you. That's not the suicide hotline catchphrase of the year, but it's it is. Perspective, it's perspective. It's like, it's a more he- It's a healthier perspective. To say, I need to do the best I can for the people around me because but, – but hopefully you've surrounded yourself with people that will be absolutely okay. That's the whole point of well, like raising that, kids and stuff. It's that fine line of saying you're an important person. Well, why am I? Well, you're because important. people that deal with it. No. I'm talking about when people are dealing in the depression right. or whatever. Well, it doesn't matter if I'm not You're important. Not. You're important. Where they miss that. Because you're here. Yeah. That's it. But it's hard for people that's to. That's it. When you break it down to just that, you're important well, because you're Well, then that's it. Here. Then I don't like being here. All right. Well, you're important because you're here. What you do from there is your own deal. But you're important because you're here. Not because without you, you're the linchpin to society. My friend Kurt. But then it's, you add in the things, well, if that's true, I am here. But look what I've done to this person or look sure. what I've done to my Everybody family. Everybody does look, that kind right, of stuff. Yeah. So you try to strive to do better and be better. My friend Kurt had George Bailey's disease. And believed that without him being on this planet, the earth would fall off its axis. And it was too much pressure to live with. So he tried to kill himself. But he also, it was a combination. He also had Harvey and. He was schizophrenic like George Bailey. (laughs) He had delusions like George Bailey. He was George Bailey. My buddy was absolutely George Bailey. He started to see things, uh, you know, Gandhi and Dalai Lama were talking to him regularly to tell him, to tell him, you're the most important person in the world. Delusions of grandeur. All of George Bailey's life was delusional. It's an amazing perspective to watch the movie from. Oh, I can wreck them all. Back to the Future, don't get me started on that thing. Three, four times he's dead. There's no saving him. Especially when we start getting into the sequels. Oh, boy. You know how many DeLoreans there'd be with that time machine? Like 600 by the third trip. No way. GM <laughs> would still shut it down. Yeah, I know. And somehow or another, a Coke-fueled uh, videotape in a hotel room would wreck the, the whole system. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff. Now, a good movie that's coming up here is that Nick Cage as Nick Cage thing. Now, that's going to be a Christmas classic, if you ask me. My Christmas classic is now The Joker. Every Christmas Eve, pop some popcorn, string it up, and watch the new Joker movie with because uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix. And it's, it's fun to put with – it's hilarious to see the Joker on your screen in your uh, Christmas room. You got the tree and the decorations and the stockings, and then Joaquin Phoenix just slaughtering folks on a subway right up there. It's, just, it's the it's antithesis of Christmas. But it's and least- nothing better than Christmas morning after uh, an evening with that. It's just – Great The stuff. next day is – 
Spectacular. Phenomenal. Is this the Nick Cage movie? Another one? Okay, I'm going to deal with all that. But I'm going to get this next one. And when I do, all of that changes. He looks great for like 62 or 3. I'll anywhere. I can't watch the trailer again. It's too good. The new Nickel, and it's the unbearable weight of being famous or something like that. Of uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. Scott Haynes texted over and said Brady's movie is called The Unbearable Weight. <laughs> <laughs> He's all over it. Dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Brady Bogan story. Uh, mine is the unbearable weight of this giant head. <laughs> Mine is the unbearable weight of fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, the unbearable dot, dot, dot. weight of fatherhood. Which your dad's know, was the unbearable of, weight of fatherhood was, can be avoided. There's a lot, a lot of ways you can go with that one. <laughs> Look at me. You're lower than a bastard. I'm a goo man. Would have loved that chance. I'm a goo man. I just once like did that. Anyway. It's just amazing that the, I mean, the voice that he does for that Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh. I mean, it's. I'm an oil man. I want to take over all the oil for this town. Uh, remember uh, back in early November, that mom that we were making fun of that said uh, that she wanted to ban bounce houses and she's because her kid oh, got, yeah. got in that bounce house and got trampled and yeah. stuff. And then, uh, But I'm like, if you're going to get trampled she anywhere. traction? Well, kind of because that thing that happened in Australia where five people died in a bounce house. <laughs> like, but again, the bounce house is safe. Like if you're going to have people trample you, you want it to be in a bounce house. Right, you would like that cushiony underbelly rather than just getting trampled at like Astro World. <laughs> That's why they designed them to right. bounce around. Like if Astro World was in a bounce house, there would have been a lot less t- tragedy. Probably still some, but potentially, a lot less. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, if you, if the whole world is a bounce house, it's better. A lot less unsure footing, so people wouldn't be trampled. But we got to do something about how we put them down. A gust of wind in Tasmania picked up a bounce house that had like seven kids in it. Five kids died, four, or more than that, Whoa. nine, uh, injured from a bounce castle. It was blown into the air, uh, 38 feet. That's a lot. That's up there. That's too high. So it isn't the bounce house. I don't think, so I don't think Larry's drone can fly that high. Because I, I got an email from a guy that said, I thought you were the one that said bounce houses are the safest places on the planet. They are, like your house, but it still has to be battened down to something. Yeah. You know? I, I understand your point if you're going to be blown 38 feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. The bounce house is probably the better option between. What would you rather have? Just blown into the air in a A concrete box? uh, (laughs) Hot air balloon basket. Which would you rather fall for? I give you this option to argue my point that they're still super safe. Uh, You're in a bounce house dropped 38 feet from the air or a basket. Give me that bounce house 10 times out of 10. But they need to work on the designs of these uh, bounce yes. houses, the aerodynamics. Yeah, they're catching they're picking too much up air. gusts of wind and just getting. Would it be better to not have the air. Uh, windows so the parents can't watch in, or would too many bad things happen in there when the kids realize no one can see them? What is the elevation factor? What is causing these? Well, I think it's because it. it Sweeps into that net door, yeah, well, it's and there's no and maybe, escape. Well, if there's a solid roof that would oh, yeah, catch that, yeah. so if you have, you need to have an open, open air. roof. Yeah, but even yeah. then, it can get underneath it, and then it's like a like it's just a piece of paper. And if it turns upside down, then it's just a cup flying That's, in the air. Yeah. Oof, man. Yeah, you're right. Because then, if you don't have a top yeah. on it, it, it becomes. But at least the, the kids are all out of it at that point. Well, they're yeah. If it turns over, they there's nobody still in there, so they're not dropping 38 feet. They'll drop 11 or 12. We'll lose a couple. We'll have to ask the party dildo uh, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy? if any of his have a, have a roof. But there's got to be a way to like secure it down to other stuff. Like I think it or should be at least sensor. tied to a tree. Yeah, it yeah. can't just be nailed into your wet yeah, winter with grass. Yeah, little 10-inch little spike. Uh, yeah, those little tent spikes, tent spikes. Like, that you trip over and they pop out. They'll be fine. It's all right. Don't yeah, worry about it. I've only lost stu- two kids in my entire career. Not into the stucco. No, you don't go into the side of the house. You just you just take a You just tie it around a tree. What about those uh, like five-gallon buckets from Home Depot? Put some cement in those if you're renting a mountain. Anchor it down. Yeah, they've got. But the- then you got five-gallon buckets if the wind gets. No, big the, the rental guy does. You mean outside? Yeah. Jeez, oh, you don't want that dangling around though. The wind's you strong enough. You think you'd enough. pick up that with a with a five-gallon bucket? It's of picking cement? up nine kids. I mean, nine forty-pound kids. Those buckets would help, but I think- that's a lot. I mean, if you look at it from that, that's a lot. Like you get nine forty-five-pound kids. You got a couple go hundred up. pounds of yeah. And they add 20 pounds of buckets, that's not going to do anything. Mm. I think you got to tie it to something steady. 
You got to tie it down to a tree, and then the worst yeah, case, it just it becomes do? a tether ball. I was going to say, and then it just whips back. Yeah, and then forth it just goes around. Well, until you guys can figure out how to pull it back down. How strong was the wind that day at that party? Too strong, evidently. And you don't put them in parks and things like that in wide open spaces. Maybe we you tie just it next to a do tree. Do them like you see when they set up those uh, circus tents back in the day. They're taking those big old well, that stakes back there. You, you know, it wouldn't have happened if I was there. George Bailey could have solved this problem. I think getting blown 38 feet into the air was something Toledo's grandma used to do to pay hey. rent. <laughs> yeah, so the Maybe bounce house took like off. we need like an emergency ripcord on them to open it up and deflate it like real quick. Then, it's, then you just got kids falling from space. Yeah, but you do it before it hits 38 feet. Who does it? You got to rely on a bunch of eight-year-olds inside to pull the ripcord? They're going to goof do that. Maybe that's what you anchor to the ground is the ripcord. That way if it takes, if yeah. it lifts up too far, it, it triggers the ripcord. Well, there's a design flaw. Well, clearly. There's a major design flaw. Clearly. Because I've never heard of like people camping and their tent just gets thrown out into the air. You haven't? No. That happens. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. No. No, it doesn't. Nobody's just ever been camping and the wind goes and picks the whole family up and tosses them down the freeway. Happens as often as bounce houses get picked up. I don't believe it. I've never seen it in the news. Bounce because houses getting thrown around. <laughs> That's true. Adults getting picked up by tents. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there has to be like a three hundred pound cement thing, and it's just going to cost you five million dollars to have one set up in your backyard. Right. But maybe, I still take the party my chances. Dildo is given up on it. Uh, he should, Jimmy. This, this is too. The insurance risks are too high. I still though say I still stand by it. Was a slide. Yeah, they're super safe. Bounce houses are super safe. These are outlier incidents of uh, poor planning and things like you know bad construction pay the extra don't maybe, take the low bid for the bounce house maybe party. brady's right they all need to be slides and not like uh encased places for your yeah because if the slide be. takes off your kid just falls down off the slide yeah, that's the risk you entrance, take yeah that's the risk you take it all yeah that, if it doesn't that you have to slide underneath it's got a zipper that locks you in <laughs> then probably that's, 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 that's the one where your kid's gonna fly away Fly with me, let's... But again... What was the bounce house? Well, it was a replica of a plane. It had wings. Yeah. And... <laughs> it was aerodynamic as hell. And it had loft and all sorts of stuff. It had flaps so it could get up higher. This was probably a bad idea in hindsight. We'll take the blimp and... <laughs> right. I don't know Ooh, about this design. The kids are going to love that one. So it's tethered by... And it's helium. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be great fun. Bounce house is still safe. And anybody who wants to argue with me, I'll say, what would you rather be dropped out of the sky in? A bounce house or, uh, you know, a gunny sack? <laughs> You're going to take bounce house every time. Take your chances with a bounce house. And, you know, it's terrible news. Five kids passed away. Four, like any other thing gets picked up by the wind and thrown, trailer, all nine of those kids are gone. Uh, ask the Midwest. Oh, yeah. All nine right of those now. kids die. Yeah. Four of them live because of the safety of a bounce house. Can you imagine losing all your work, money, house, and everything else because of a bounce house, a bounce house incident in your backyard? We had a bounce house problem, and I got sued. I'm destitute. Knew I should have got that umbrella policy. That's uh, because I wasn't there. That's right, George. You would have saved everybody from any turmoil or trauma in their lives at all. George Bailey, America's Instagram hero. He created this whole thing. You know, there's that argument that uh, Mr. Rogers was a bad guy because he kept telling everybody how special they were instead of recognizing you're also flawed yeah. and you need to work around that. Not everything you do is great. Trying to tell everyone they're great no yeah. matter what. No matter what. Mm. It's uh, George Bailey, Mr. Rogers, all of them were the originators of the uh, everybody gets a trophy. But it did. It made, Mr. Made my, Rogers explained a little bit. Nuh-uh. Sometimes you're you special just the way you are. Sure, but it's, they're still great. You're great. You're so special. You're different than everybody else. You're unique. You're amazing. You're really not. You're just like everybody else. You're one of the sheep. No more, no less. Yeah, you're no more, you're no la, less. La, 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 Do the best la, you can. La, yeah, Brady wants to be you. a special boy. Brady's mommy told him he was a special boy, and that's just it. Everything I do has purpose. And- no, not all the time, because sometimes when your thumb's in your ass and you're tugging your meat. There's a purpose. Yeah, there's no purpose. The only purpose is self-gratification, and that's really what Maven we're all here Johnson for. Maven Johnson had a special yeah, purpose. that's right. <laughs> Everybody's special purpose is, can I make myself feel good and save some cash? That's really all we're after. When you say different, you're a crazy person. But adult bounce houses need to be, they never fly away. We get some, you know what we should have is uh, 
just a big fat guy sitting in a bounce house all the time, like a little booth in the corner inside the bounce house where he has to just anchor it in. Because you never hear about adult bounce houses flying away. So you just put like a 300-pound so guy who's required to be there. He's the equivalent of all nine children that can be in there? Yeah, because if you double it up. Yeah, yeah he's a counterbalance. Yeah. It's like what a crane has okay. the counterweights. All right. How many kids are in there? Uh, well, average weight, 45 pounds, nine, 45. Right, right Gerald, yeah. you got to get in there. There's 400 them. pounds of counterbalance in there. <laughs> Tie it to Gerald. He ain't going anywhere. Gerald ain't getting blown away by that kite. It's good stuff. Uh, Brett's out this morning, and he's on his way, or probably there by now, Black Rock Coffee Bar, Power Road and Ray Road, Operation Santa Claus going on. You bring 10 cans of food, you can help out, and maybe even win yourself a Sanderson Ford or Sanderson Lincoln by just being part of it. That's a great deal. So head on over there and check out uh, Brett this morning. He'll be out there. We'll talk to him in a little bit. What do you have on the Big Board of Musical Treats First there? of all, Uh-oh. John, yep. the problem with them is that they lose power, then they become a floppy blanket oh, yeah, in the like air. Sale. Yeah. So they've got no cushy air in and them, again, is what he says. that's because you took the low bid. Pay the extra money for your kid's birthday party. If it's three twenty, I don't know how much they cost, $320 for the, and then you spend 110 for the, the bargain basement bounce house. Pay party dildo prices and get party dildo, dildo results. The one thing that you could do on that is on the corners of them. Yeah. Um, it would be easy. You don't have to do concrete or anything like that. It's like a waterbed. You have a garden hose and you fill up. Each one of the corners has a 100-gallon right. corner. Let me ask you this. So you have, you know, w- what do you want to do with that? 700 pounds of water yeah. in each corner. And then, Great and then idea. Where does that go? And when at the you end drain it, in your yeah, yeah, then you, uh, you drain it in your backyard. 700 gallons of water. Yeah, in your backyard. it's no big deal. <laughs> You're an idiot. In Arizona, it absorbs. <laughs> yeah, it does. I've seen that. Because, yeah, after... after I've, I've pulled water out of my pool in the backyard. Yeah. It doesn't uh, flood the backyard. half a day of rain, and I've you got three inches of water You put the backyard. hose just right into your backyard, the whole pool. Oh, um, you know the hot tub I have, you ba- which is which is 400 gallons. You backwash wow. into your But it's yard. coming out. It doesn't mean the... It's a wave of water coming out of there. No, you pull I understand, it out. It's like you're draining that, a, but a water bed. Yeah. And you, know, you drain you a water bed and you've got a big puddle of crap had, in your backyard. You know, 50 gallons, that's 250 pounds. If you water, if you water your grass at all, you're going to have a slushy mud mess if you had all that in the thing. It's well, the drainage the end problem. Of the, so what you have to have is a hose that goes out into the road like people do with their pools and very inconveniently. Sure. Or you put it in your uh, – Screw the cap on your uh, drainage in the house, on the outside of the house. Yeah, you don't to- care. That's silly. You're going to mess up everything. It's going to back. Your toilets will overflow. <laughs> you don't want to mess around with that. Just put it through the hole in your wall and flood the street like every other dick does when they have a pool problem. Make a flood in everybody else's. It's everybody else's problem. Yeah. Put it in the storm drains. That's not terrible, but you don't want to drain 700 gallons of water in your Just yard. In your backyard. You don't even need yeah, 700 yeah. gallons. And you Just, said there's yeah. four corners of seven, so you got 2,800 gallons. No, I was saying 100 gallons in each corner. Yeah. Brady salted. That would take forever, too. Filling yeah. a water bill takes all night. My hot tub takes uh, on the hose. It's, a long it's about time. Uh, a little over an hour. Yeah, but then you got some dude standing there. It's only an hour to fill your whole hot tub? Yeah. Jesus, it took almost a day to get mine done. Wow. Yeah, I remember the the water oh, beds taking took forever. forever. You couldn't just... I guess that was from the faucet in the inside, yeah. though. Maybe the outdoor faucet had more pressure. I never Yeah, and if you put the little... Was. I mean, you know, I'm doing the... Also draining it with the little pump thing. That speeds it up. Oh, you're getting yeah, you're some assistance. Just pay a guy to do that. Then you can blame somebody when they break it. All right, wake up song brought to you by <laughs> our friends at Action Ride Shop. Uh, Flagstaff does still have some snow; they, like it yeah. stuck around. Oh, it, oh, it wasn't. Cold. It wasn't. It was a lot. So I assume pumped. that uh, they'll be uh, getting ready to open up up there. And if you want to get down a mountain, either by bike or by board, you can help out or get over there to Action Ride Shop, and they've got everything for you. Josh and the boys over there will get you outfitted with. Boots, bindings, rentals, anything you want to do to go downhill, they, they got it for you. Check them out on Facebook and on Instagram at Action Ride Shop. Um, got, like all of Marcus's fans, I think, have hit up our page this morning. So. <laughs> Carcass, the Mortal Coil is on there. Cannibal Corpse, Scourge of Iron is on there. Wow. Creator. I don't know that one. Pre- uh, Pleasure to Kill is on there. Scat Brothers. No. Life at the Outpost. We're not doing that one. Scat Brothers. Scat Brothers Life at the Outhouse. Pantera Walk. Um, still got some leftover uh, Skid Row requests. Um, and then uh, Mastodon, Show Yourself. I'm not sure if that's a new one or not. Snot Get Some is on there. <laughs> this guy said, Brady, the only way your spa fills in an hour is if you're standing in it. There's no possible way you could fill that thing in one hour. 
<laughs> the dis- <laughs> you're in there. It's full. Then you get out. It's empty again. Cedric, that could be true. And evidently, there's a city law that says you can't drain your pool or your spa in your yard. Oh, you put it in. Oh, in your yard? Yeah. You can't just undo it in your yard. I don't know. in the backyard all the time. Maybe there's a law against it. The HOA is going to come frowning on you when you start screwing the foundation of houses up. That's the lookout now, son. Big crack in my house. What happened? Those pad houses. Why is our house tilted? We'll go with the basics. We'll go with walk. Well, actually, we just played Pantera. So um, we also got one just came in for George Bailey. I'm not sure how this fits, but Seven Dust Black. Uh, all right, yeah. Black and white. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I like that. Oh, like no. oh, no, that's the – he's delusional. He's having mirror issues. Yeah, I like black. Yeah, that, right. that song's about being all goofed up. I like that. There you go. I'm sorry I'm going to wreck your mom's love of It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know if it would. Because she just won't listen. That's somebody who won't listen. Maybe. Take a different perspective. No, I'd like to hear her. Uh, defend it. I don't know if she would defend it or just say you're looking at it the wrong way. I think she's looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. Because I don't see the other message now. I don't think you can. Poor fella. He needed some pills and a I'm nice with uh, Brett because really I haven't sat down and watched You've the never whole watched thing it? in one sitting. It's, it's just always it's been always on. It's always been on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's always been. And then when you actually watch it, you're like, this thing's terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's parts you always remember, and you remember. Sure, the good, uh, hey, the, more movie house and the screaming and the yelling. See the part where, oh my gosh, the money! You're going to see it. He's going to lose it every time a bell rings. An angel gets its wings. You remember all the yeah, that's right, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. My daddy has mental problems. <laughs> I'm a bipolar, depressed person. Oh my gosh! Shut the front door. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.